This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Gabrielle Clark, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, in a war on the battlefield, what is your position? <laughs> uh, my position customarily is to run the other way. Uh, but <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, generally um, my default move. But um, in this particular instance, um, you know, it was it was at my doorstep. You know, it was it was you know literally in my home. So when my son when my son was um, was challenged with the um, idea that he was either to uh, capitulate to an ideology and and to um, and to relinquish his his um, constitutional rights or fail his class. We had to we had to join that fight, and so mm. we did that. I love your accent. Where where did you grow up? I am from Houston, Texas. Um, I grew up here in Houston. I live in Houston now. I just moved back to Houston recently. Um, but we were living in Las Vegas, Nevada when all of this took place. We'd been living in Las Vegas for 15 years. And um, all, of this, all of this was ha happening um, in Clark County uh, in um, a charter school there, uh, democracy prep at the Andre Agassi campus. Andre Agassi. And um, yeah, it was his flagship school. Um, and it was, um, it was, you know, turned over to democracy prep some time ago. But um, yeah, we, we were Texans who moved to, um, to Las Vegas. And so um, we, my daughter and I have recently moved back after my son was allowed to graduate. My daughter was was doing her distance learning because um, everybody was shut down with the pandemic and all. And um, she was on her computer like, you know, millions of other kids across the country. And I heard some, you know, concerning things coming out of her classroom and I, I really started to pay attention and um, it got to a point where I just felt like okay this is absolutely unacceptable and I told her to shut the computer off and I found her a new school that day um, and it, I mean it was mostly you know uh, mostly stuff about you know BLM and and the police and that sort of thing and and I didn't think that that was appropriate for for school um, you know black lives matter they do all lives matter um, but the organization black lives matter I felt like was not the kind of organization that I wanted my children to be um, 
to be exposed to. And I felt that that was a personal choice that you, you know, make for your own children. Um, so I was, I was not happy about that, but even that was not, that wasn't as bad as what, it, what ended, ended up being. I mean, you know, the things that I didn't like about what was happening in my daughter's class, I went and asked my son if they were happening in, happening in his class. And he told me no. But he said, well, there was this one situation um, where uh, I, there was a, you know, the SpongeBob meme that said reverse racism doesn't exist. And he said, I just, you know, he told me, I just said, anybody can be racist. And then that um, started a heated debate. And um, the debate in class got so heated that the teacher cut the chat. She, she cut the debate and chilled the speech. And then there were other things that I saw in his, in his um, materials, in his classwork, and in the slides and stuff for, his, for, for that particular class. When I saw those, I just was mortified. I couldn't believe that they were showing these things to kids. Um, and they were asking things of these kids, you know, this way. I mean, they were asking my son to list his identities, his uh, race, his gender, his sexual identities. And why in the world do you need to know that? I mean, why does the teacher need to know that about my kid? And, and, you know, asking his socioeconomic status and his, um, his any disabilities, you know, we, we sign HIPAA forms to prevent people from asking those kinds of questions. You know what I mean? And we have laws protecting us from, from government entities asking those kinds of questions, you know, and then for, and for the sole purpose of of discrimination, we, we, we're, you know, they're not allowed to ask that. So it was really shocking to me that not only did they ask that stuff, but they also wanted him to attach a label and they didn't give him multiple options for him to pick and choose. When you, when he picked his identities and when he looked at his identities, all of his identities, you know, uh, the label that he was to attach to those identities was privileged. My son was sleeping on the floor of a motel at the time. We, I just recovered from being in a wheelchair for several years. His dad died when he was one years old. There's nothing, just because he's white, he's privileged. No, there's nothing privileged about his life. His life has been hard up to this very minute. And so I wasn't gonna allow them to do that to him and make him, uh, you know, uh, make him um, confess some, you know, some sort of privilege above. And he doesn't, he didn't feel like he should have done that. And he didn't complete that assignment long before I said anything about it. He didn't complete that assignment because it's wrong. You know, nobody should be forced to do that sort of thing. And when he didn't, 
and I made I told them that he wasn't going to do that then they said that they were going to fail him so we got lawyers and we fought back all of the evidence and and you know uh, in, you know information all of that stuff if you want to see that um, you can you can see it at noleftturn.us and it's it's on the in the on the Clark case page but you can see you know all of the filings and all of the pleadings and stuff like that and it has a lot of that information on it and you know it's kind of out there mm. everywhere but basically it was just you know breaking down excuse me pardon me breaking down intersections of people's races and in, in you know how they in in and their religion and all of their identities and how they intersect and what that you know means but they weren't giving any other opinion and it was and it was being taught to these children as fact and just an aspect an aspect of of indoctrination and and uh as as through uh, through a racial lens that i just i just could not believe was happening you know, I can't believe that this is how we how we teach kids now. And that's why we fight. You know, that's why we fight back. Wasn't there some moron a few decades ago who had a dream about judging people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin? What a what a racist man that was, wasn't he? <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you something about that guy. I named my son after that man. I named him William Martin Clark after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. because he was born on Martin Luther King Day of that year, hmm. which this year was just, it was just this past Monday. And I listened to Dr. King's speech uh, on uh, Monday while I was driving in the car. And I, it, it, you know, it, it it moved me. I'd heard the speech a lot of times before, but never has it meant so much. Because now, you know, I'm I'm having these same conversations with people um, and, and talking to people about these same kinds of things. And having having so fortuitously named my son after the very man who told us not to judge people by the color of their skin but by the content of their character william is a a strong silent type <laughs> so um we didn't get a whole lot of conversation but um you know william is he's not the kind of person that um that that doesn't make himself clear uh he didn't like it and he made it clear and that was pretty much the end of it and when it when we you know when he when he told when he told me what was going on and he told me how he felt about it you know or he told me you know what happened it was clear how he felt about it <laughs> on the slides you you can see you can see on the slides that it talks about um, implicit bias and you know unconscious bias and that sort of thing and the denial of 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 racism is in it in and of itself racism you know um 
and the the whole idea that racism is power plus privilege, you know, that sort of thing, that is also one on one of the slides. But, you know, I call bullshit on that because, you know, racism is, is prejudice based on race. And I don't care how many times, you know, they try to, um, to skew the, the uh, definitions of words or flat out change the definitions of words. It, this is what it means. It means prejudice based on race and anybody can be prejudiced based on race. Therefore, anybody can be racist. So this falls under the, the idea of critical race theory. You essentially can't be racist if you're a person of color or if you're, you know, I mean, I, that whole idea is just nonsense. You know, and and this ridiculous notion that somehow your you know your uh, your whiteness makes you uh, inherently evil, you know what I mean? I'm you know what I'm half white, and half my family is white, and you know what I cannot even begin to tell you how not evil they are. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow anybody to, to try to convince me or my children that, um, that number one, uh, white people are somehow born evil or that black people are somehow born into victimhood or born losers or, or don't have the, um, don't have the power within them already born when they are born into this world to make and change their own uh, direction and destinies in life. You know, I can do whatever I want to do because I'm an American. You know, I can say that. If, <laughs> if America was so racist and if, if black people in America were so oppressed, how did, how did Obama become president? <laughs> Affirmative action. No, <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, the see, but but okay, but you make a good point, and I and and saying affirmative. Okay, so you know one of the things that really annoys me is this is this idea that somehow black people need you know need this um, need somebody to come and save them and 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 protect them and push them into no. We don't need that. You know, we did have a black president and he would he got there because of because of the of the message that he gave, hope and change, all of those things. You know, um I'm 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 a I'm not a democrat. I'm a republican. I've always been a republican. I've never voted for a democrat. But I was still nonetheless moved when when Barack Obama became president, it still moved me that there had be, had now become a black president. And I still felt um, a shift in our society and our, our culture that we're gonna be okay. And for whatever reason, somehow that opened up a door for us to, for the pendulum to swing back 
so far to the other side that now we are we're a racist country again mm. no we're not doing that do you think the media has a big role to play in creating a false perception I of, think of, of of race relations i think the media try as they might um has done every single thing that they can to create um good news stories and if good news stories mean um mean riots and, and uh, civil unrest then that's good for them you know it's good for their their bottom line but the people know the truth and the people know what's happening for real out in real life you know and and really um the media is shooting themselves in there. They're shooting themselves in the dick because they're losing all their ratings and they're losing, they're losing to independent, um, to independent journalism and they're losing to social media and they're losing to small podcasts who are more local and know what's going on in the area and that sort of thing. You know, these big, um, um, media conglomerates, they're 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 gonna be sadly mistaken come two or three quarters from now and they've mm -hmm. lost almost all of their viewership save two or three people hanging out in an airport you don't have to be you don't have to grow up in a good wholesome environment to know that right and wrong are are you know mm -hmm. that that you know a lot most of the time there's no there's no gray area it's either right or it's wrong and and william william is steady and solid in his beliefs and he's steady and solid in his perception of the world now i did homeschool my kids for a lot of the time so you know i'm neither you know uh good nor wholesome but I do teach my kids to think for themselves. You know, I drink, I smoke, I cuss in mixed company. I am not a wholesome person, but I do know how to be a moral person. And I taught my kids that under no circumstances are they allowed to just go out in the world and act, act the fool for no good reason. You, you have to behave in society and be a part of society and do and stand up for what's right. Democracy Prep um, is a, a network of charter schools. Um, their founder, Seth Andrew, just got convicted of, I don't know, some kind of federal nonsense for $200,000 or some such nonsense. I don't know what happened to that dude. And you know what, last year there was a uh, one of the teachers got arrested for a, for a sexual assault of a minor for one of the children at the school. So, you know, there's been a lot going on in this, in this, um, in this school's network. Mm. So we've, we decided a long time ago that we didn't want this school in our, in our city. But we got outvoted. We didn't. We didn't. You know, we tried to keep them out, but we got outvoted, and there was nothing we could do about that. 
but the network has several schools in different in different cities and it, you know the charter the charter school authority oversees that in in um, Nevada um, and so you know whenever and and they have you know they they have their board and all of that whole business so it's I think it's made up of like um, a, a, maybe a dozen or two dozen schools, um, but they're based out of New York, New York City, out of Harlem. Um, outside of that, you know, it's not any part of a, like like a, a, a Nevada school district or anything like that because it is a charter school. It's publicly mm. funded, and um, it's government. It's government public funded. Previous teachers have come out and helped us quite a lot. Um, they saw us on, they saw me on Tucker, and um, and they did reach out, um, you know, and it made it made it made a pretty big, um, it made a pretty big, a, a pretty loud noise here, um, with with uh, the you know, people involved in the school or who had previously been involved in the school. And there were a lot of people who reached out in support quite a lot. And so, you know, um, we were really grateful for that, but not any teachers since. What do you think is going on? You know, you know um, I think that every generation kind of has to deal with the fact that you know, they don't have, they don't have any real struggles and, and they want so badly to champion something. You know, that, you know that part in the matrix where the guy, the, um, the, um, or what do you, what do they call the, um, the, the white haired dude, you know, the guy who created everything. You're going, you're taking me going, back many you know, years now. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the guy in the matrix, he's saying, you know, he's saying that, um, that the first matrix was, was really good. It, it was like, um, that's it. I kind of feel like that's, that's where we're at. We're, you know, we were, we were getting to a place where a generation of kids, you know, didn't have these big, huge problems like generations before and you know and then they go and they read about history mm. and they want to champion a struggle and you know and they want to you know they want to champion some some injustice you know and so they see things on tv and they see things happening out in the world and they see sensationalized things you know, they see all of these things being sensationalized and they think that it is, you know, it's the end of the world and we're going to champion it. You know, it sounds like we need some sort of natural disaster or war just to <laughs> shake, shake their heads back into reality. It, it's unfortunate to say that, but, you know, societies who do well for really long periods of time self-destruct for that very reason. You know, and and I was really hoping that our society would just, you know, not do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it seems hell bent on um, 
on self-destructing. And, and, and it's, it's unfortunate that, um, that we, we can't see, we can't see the humanity in each other enough to just disarm ourselves and say, Hey, what are we doing? And I don't know if it's by design or if it's emergent, but it sounds like there's an attempt to create more division rather than looking for the, for the commonalities and what brings people together. Well, that is, I mean, I feel like that is the case. Um, We're watching and I think it is, I think it's, I think it is by design, um, by design, uh, it's simultaneously with emergent. Like I think that is happening simultaneously, which, which is why it's successful. So, you know, we're watching now mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Okay. Well, you know, I have been trying to tell people y'all are focusing on the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. But if you get indoctrination out of our culture and out of our society, the vax mandates and the va- the va- the vax and the mask mandates will go with it. They will fall as well because they're because they're the same kind of animal, right? It's it's an emergence of the same problem. So, but people can't see that. All they see is that somebody wants to jab their kid. You know what I mean? And they can't, or somebody wants to mask their kid. So they've forgotten about these other things. And then, and, and vaccines, vaccines are one of those things that divides everybody, right? The, yes, the, 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 the idea of a vaccine divides everybody. Nobody liked Marxism. Nobody liked communism. Everybody was ready to fight against that together. But now we've now we've slowly drifted into this place where we're all divided again. And then that makes us all easier to control. And all ease it makes everything easier to um it makes it makes it easier for us for us all to be to be picked off, quite frankly. I mean, I'm watching it happen on Twitter. I'm watching it happen on social media. All of these people who who have the loudest voices are being silenced and being pushed off to the side. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, some Yahoo like, you know, like uh, Alex Jones. I mean, no offense to him or anything. He's a good dude. I like him. But, you know, he's not a doctor. We're talking about actual doctors who are not being permitted to speak, you know, actual, actual um, epidemiologists and stuff Mm. like that, virologists Mm. and those types of things who are not being permitted to speak. Now, that is crazy. Gabrielle, do you think that all of that is somehow linked to what's going on with the schooling syllabus, what happened with William? Do you think it's all related? I do. I think, I think, um, you know, all of this is, is all part of the same, um, the same push to, um, in, to instill communism in the Western world. Um, and I, I, I feel like, you know, too many young people 
don't know what communism really is or what it really does or what it really is like because we don't we don't really have um the same kind of negative understanding of communism as as we as i grew up with um when i was young you know and and what i understood how i understood it when i was young you know we, we don't we don't have that because we don't we don't we don't have those kinds of wars anymore mm-hmm. so our wars are fought on a computer our wars are, are fought in the boardrooms so we don't have the same kinds of we don't have the body count the visual that that we used to so now since history since since history um didn't have doesn't have a digital footprint from then from that time we also don't we also can't just show exactly what the process was either the 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 it's like a white liberal mindset that feels that it needs to be the savior to black people am i misinterpreting it no no i seriously I mean, one of the things that annoys me more than anything in the world is, you know, uh, talking to some liberal white woman and she's telling me about how, uh, (laughs) how I don't even know how oppressed I am. I'm like, I will slap you to the floor, lady. No, I don't say that. But I'm just, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't say that. (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's just like <laughs> oppressed you want i don't mm, oh it's 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 annoying this the white liberal liberal yeah. savior nonsense mm. is really really irritating and it is for most black people you know <laughs> one of the things that black people have come to come to understand is just how to just ignore and laugh at the liberal, you know, at the liberal, at the, at the pomposity and, <laughs> and the absurdity, you know what I mean? And the arrogance of these kinds of, you know, people, you know, and, and it's just, it's unbelievable to me sometimes when I'm listening to someone, you know, tell me about how black people can't get to the voting booth. <laughs> and I'm just like I was in a wheelchair uh, and I had to take a bus (laughs) you know I mean and and I got to a voting booth just fine you know Um, and I do understand you know yeah there's some rural sections there's some rural Mm. parts of the world I mean parts of the country where it is difficult to get to a poll but you know what? It's difficult for the poor white people in Appalachia, just like it is. So it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, um, the the concentration of melanin in one's skin um, to determine whether or not they know how to, you know, Uber, you know, a lift <laughs> up to the, you know what I'm saying? And because we all know how to do that, you know? <laughs> So I, I, you know, this whole that whole nonsense is is unbelievable to me. Uh, I as, just had a conversation on mm. Twitter with two guys, two guys, and they were actually telling me, actually telling me, well, we should just make we should just make IDs free, 
just to get rid of that argument. Okay, next you're going to be telling me that we should just make cars free so that everybody has a ride. You know what I mean? How stupid. And I couldn't even argue with them anymore because <laughs> because the stupidity was just so um and, and their arrogance about it yes. was so intense. Self-righteousness you know also. Yeah. Yes. Their arrogance about it was so intense. Mm. And I was just like, you know, and they were saying, well, we, we agree with you that it's largely arbitrary about this, about this, uh, you know, about this ID business. Mm. So why not just make IDs free? Well, oh, well, let's just give everybody a house because they say that they need one. I mean, you know, where does it end when you start giving in to this nonsense? Let me tell you, seriously, I <laughs> I went to, I, and I just had this discussion. I was on the phone with a woman and she was saying, she was saying, I really, I wish you would have told me that you were going to this little town to speak because I was going to a small town in Texas to speak. Now this town is, it was, you know, at one time it was called a sundown town. Um, mm -hmm. You better not be black and let the sun go down uh, in that town. Right. So you had to, you know, because that was, you know, uh, dangerous. Right. And she was telling me, I, you just don't know what it's like there. Now, my dad and my uncles all went to school in that town. This is a place that I've been a bunch of times. And I, and I was like, what, you know? And she's like, no, you just, you hadn't been here in a long time. And I'm like, are you for real right now? And I couldn't believe that she was saying this to me. And, and I just kind of laughed it off. And when I got there, walked into the restaurant, the very first person to greet me, the host, he was black. And I was like, it is not racist anymore. You, there are some racist people here and there, but you know what? They're, those people are just, they've been relegated to just a, such a small, small minority of people. And they're not even vocal, so you wouldn't even know that they're racist because they're too afraid to say it out loud. The only places that they say it are, you know, gab. On, on that on that you know mm. on that uh, one gab uh, website that one social media website where you got all of the yahoos that are mm. all racist and anti-semitic and bigoted and whatnot but but by and large you go out and more people are mad that you're not moving fast enough or that you're you know or that you're standing in their way you know what I mean they don't care about the color of your skin. Mm. You know, do you think, Gabrielle, um, that I mean, knowing that all of this is upside down, do you think that the fact that uh, you, you, a black mom, protecting and defending your white son is going to work in your favor uh, legally? Um, I don't think it's going to matter legally mm. because the law is the law. And the justice is blind, right? And you know, um, I, you know, yeah, there have been plenty of times where, um, 
where race has been an issue in 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 our legal system and i'm not i'm not at all naive about that you live mm -hmm. in south africa you know exactly what i'm talking about so i'm not going to say that that um race definitely doesn't play a part in our judicial system mm -hmm. it it has but i'm confident that my race or my son's race isn't going to have a single solitary bit of make a single solitary bit of difference because they broke the law mm. and we've proven that they did. And that's all we have to do. We don't have to bring our race into it. We don't have, we don't even have to bring anything into it. They asked him his identities. They, they compelled his speech. He said, no, they retaliated. That's it. You don't even have to put a, an any more context on it than that. Mm. How has your family, ex extended family friendship circles uh, been over this last while? You know, well, I have family on both sides of this fight. Um, as far as, as far as, um, you know, people who, you know, believe are progressives, mm. you know, I have, I have family who are progressives and I have family who do, um, who do support like uh, black lives matter, that sort of thing. And I do have family who, you know, who, um, who don't, you know, quite frankly. Okay, but not a single solitary individual person has ever said to me, uh, well, what happened to him is perfectly fine. Every single person has stood behind him and said, this is wrong. Even progressives who, who believe in critical race theory, who believe in intersectionality, even they have come out and said, you know what, this is why you shouldn't teach it in school because they don't know what they're doing. This was wrong. They shouldn't do this. You know, this is why we don't want it in schools because it's inappropriate for a K through 12 setting. You know, we definitely should have these kinds of conversations in the appropriate place, in colleges, you know, in, in, um, in academia, you know, in lecture halls, that's where these conversations should be taking place. They should be discussed and analyzed and, and, and disagreed upon and agreed upon, you know, those types of things should happen, but they shouldn't be done as an experiment with our kids. You know, that's not the place. This teacher, I understand is very young and inexperienced. Am I, am I correct? As I understand it, this was her first time teaching in her first class. Sure. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a lone voice or are there a lot of other mothers like you, Gabrielle? 
Well, I like to think that there's nobody like me, but I would be uh, <laughs> I, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you know quite a, a lot of mothers are going through this and worse. I mean, this isn't even as bad as it gets. You know, one mother that I talked to, her family has had to, um, her family has had to separate and they live in different states now um, because the daughter was, um, was uh, had been bullied for years and years because she uh, wanted to revere a, a police officer uh, in her school and give her the uh, person of the week thing, you know, some person of the week award. Jeez. And so she was called, she was called a racist. Now that little girl attempted suicide several times. Huh. Now that, you know, those are the, when you, you being bullied, being bullied as a racist because you um, admire a police officer. I mean, come on, you know, that is insanity. Are police officers in your side of the world that bad? You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that we don't have our fair share of wrongdoing. You know, and and but I will say this. You know, for the vast majority of police officers they're just trying to do their jobs and protect the community but every every job every group every culture every society no matter how many are in it are going to have their fair share of of messed up people so you show me as you show me a group or a profession that doesn't have people who take advantage or who uh, abuse their power in that profession. I want to see one. Is there one? Because I've never seen that. Psychologists, doctors, doctors get sued all the time for, for malpractice. There have been doctors that have shown up on the job drunk and do surgery and kill patients. Well, well, we're not going around saying that all doctors are bad and defund doctors, you know? There are bad elements in every profession, in every group, in every society. And you have to eradicate as much as you can and mitigate those circumstances as much as you can. Mm. And, 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 and when you can't, then you, then you have to uh, get justice. That's how you do that. So it, it takes everybody. And, and I'm not going to say that it, you know, that racism doesn't happen. Of course, racism happens, you know, but we do what we can to, to make sure that it, 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 it gets rooted out as fast as we can, or that it gets rooted out as much as we can. And when it, and when, when, when we're um, unsuccessful in that, in that attempt, we get justice for whoever has been victimized. What sort of justice are you hoping for uh, with these uh, lawsuits? You know, lawsuits are lawsuits are unfortunately, you know, um, just kind of the only way that we have 
to um, to um, solve a problem. And unfortunately, lawsuits are expensive and they're long and drawn out and all of that stuff. You know, I would love it if <laughs> I would love it if um, if if uh, you know the school would say. Okay, well we're not gonna we're not gonna do this ever ever again. Here's you know, here you go, you know, and be done mm -hmm. with it, you know. But I don't get it. I don't get that's you know. I don't always get what I want. <laughs> but it is about a principle, so though. It's about a principle. It is indeed about a principle. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna do everything that we can to um, get this to a conclusion. Right. I can't say exactly what that conclusion is going to look like at this time. Because like I said, lawsuits are expensive mm. and they're long and they're, you know, all encompassing. You know? Have you received a lot of support? We have indeed received a lot of support. Um, you know, um, we have literally people all over the world have have done whatever they can um, to try to help us, you know, we do still have quite a lot of out, of outstanding legal debt. <laughs> mm. um, um, you know, we doing what we can. We're working with, um, we're working with a, um, a pro bono law firm now, um, but we weren't always. You know, in the beginning, we we um, hired lawyers, and so you know, it's we're doing everything that we can to um to take care of our legal um our legal bills and that sort of thing and people have been very generous and they have come out and supported us um the pe people have you know hmm. uh quite a lot of people um i think the last count um i think it was 994 people have donated just on this on the on uh, one website there were several uh, there have been several other websites and all of those proceeds previously had gone to um, my legal my legal um, counsel and and all of the legal expenses so we're doing everything we can to uh, take care of that situation tomorrow who I believe is currently watching and she's in Greece a uh, former American and she says that William is very very uh, blessed to have you as his mother oh thank you so much thank you are you hopeful about all this mandate vaccine stuff uh, going in the correct direction you're in Texas which is one of the better states well you know um Texas has its stuff. I mean, my daughter isn't in school right now because we had to wait on an exemption. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, I mean, you know, it's, I'm, I think that, well, with this particular situation, I think the vaccine mandate stuff is going to fall away mm. because, well, because it's not a vaccine, is it? I mean, you know, being inoculated means you're not going to get, you know, you're, you're supposed, you're supposed to be inoculated from, from that particular illness or whatever. And people are getting breakthrough. I've had COVID twice, you know, so <laughs> I just, I am just now getting over it, you know? And so I'm still, you know, I'm, that's why I sound the way I do, but 
you know, um, I think this vaccine stuff is going to fall away because it's, it's, it's petering out anyway. And secondly, it doesn't, it doesn't work the way that they hoped that it would. And since that's the case, I think more and more people are going to be like, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, even people who have gotten the two, the two, the first two shots, even those people are like, okay, well, I'm not going to keep getting boosters every six, you know, we're not, I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. You know, so I think, but you know what, at some point, yeah, I think a vaccine mandate is, is going to be, um, it may not be for this thing, but some someday, if we don't get a hold of our our world governments and say, hey, look, we're we we're the people we put you in charge and we make the decisions, and if because if we don't if we don't get a hold of our world governments who have been telling us in our ruling class who have been telling us what to do all of these years, if we don't get a hold of them, and and make them understand that they work for us and not the other way around. Then yeah, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some vaccine mandates. We might have some more than some vaccine mandates. You know, um, a lot of a lot of our society really does think that that China has it has it. You know, so good, and they want to see the rest of the world look like China, but they don't know. They don't know the whole story. Mm. You know. They don't, they don't get a chance to see, they don't get a chance to see, you know, all of the, um, all of the, the ugly of communism and the, and the ugliness of, of, you know, dictatorships and that sort of thing. They don't get to see all of that stuff. So, you know, yeah, maybe one day. Gabrielle, in front of you, this a crystal ball. Tell me what you see. Um, well, later on, I see a jazz club and a glass of, uh, Malbec. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what do I see? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I see, um, I see us growing our own vegetables. <laughs> I, I see, um. I see us being forced to get back to basics, you know, one through one through one catastrophe or another, you know, for all I know, um, you know, a great big giant earthquake or hurricane or volcano or some other natural disaster is going to um, render render all of our man made, you know, uh doodads and whatnots useless and we're all gonna have to you know learn how to learn how to churn butter you know um i don't think that would be an altogether terrible thing mm-hmm. you know um i i do think that if we if we don't if we don't start recognizing that we are still animals and we're we're still connected to the ground. If we don't start recognizing that and start and start um, paying attention to the time that we have here 
and paying attention to what it really means mm. that you know we're going to um we're going to inadvertently lose all of the things that we find uh, have worked so hard to accomplish has this whole saga with william um perpetuated the idea that that there is more to live for um well the whole saga with william uh i don't know if i can say that i don't know if i can say that definitively it has been because of what's happened with william i mean you know my mother and my grandmother died this year <laughs> um in this past year i've had COVID twice you know what right. i mean lots has happened and it's been a tough one mm -hmm. i can say that you know um going from uh spending all of my days baking and you know spending all my time in the kitchen and that sort of thing to you know being on national tv and and doing international interviews about what I think about, you know, about life and all that whole business. That's a humbling experience. And, um, and it has certainly made me consider how I want to spend the rest of this time. You know, um, my mother died when she was only 65 years old, you know, two, two days short of her 64th birthday, I, I believe it was. And um, and she spent the last year uh, not seeing or talking to anyone because of COVID. So, you know, and my grandmother, same thing. So, you know, and they lived together. It was just the two of them. And they died within a few months of one another. Sure. And I'm just like, man, y'all just gonna gray gardens it on me, huh? But, you know, after having, after having gone through that and, and seeing all of the, all of the people, you know, that I've come in contact with, you know, I stood in a, in a, in a, a meeting, well, a, 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 yeah, I guess it was a meeting the other day and, um, you know, a grown man came up to me and he was with tears in his eyes thanking me for for waging you know waging this battle and being in this battle that's a very humbling experience you know a big strong texan man walking up to you with tears in his eyes trying with the lip trembling trying not to trying to hold back because he's because he's so overwhelmed with the kind of courage that it takes to do something like this you know and i don't even feel like it took a whole lot of courage you know, I can be, I can be a bitch every day, <laughs> you know, William, William, um, I feel like, um, is, you know, he's my inspiration and that was, that was all that I needed, but yeah, it has, this whole thing has made me think about what, how, how I want to spend the rest of my time. And it has made me, um, you know, turn this entire situation into a life experience, life lesson for my children well as a south african i can certainly tell you that you are an inspiration uh because you you're touching on something that is part of my history 
Thank you so much. Gabrielle, if if people want to help your cause or find out more about what's going on, where can they go? Um, we have um, a page on noleftturned.us. Um, it's under the tab cases and you'll see Clark case and that's our case. Or you can go to give sin go slash support the Clarks and that also has a link. Oh, is that it? <laughs> yes. I was I was waiting for a, for a long string of. Uh, <laughs> oh no, of yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. great. No, that's nice it. and simple. Yeah, that's it. That's all we're doing. You can usually find me shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter yeah, anymore, so I can't. It. I won't find you there. You can't. You are. are you, did you get kicked off or? Or did I, you volunteer? I, I, I volunteered to leave Twitter. It was stressing me out. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It is. You have to. You have to get off of there and you know do some woo-saw after that. <laughs> after that nonsense. <laughs> I just want to say, ask you something. I, I hope, I've been saying it correct. Is it Gabrielle or Gabriella? Gabrielle. Gabrielle, okay. Right, okay. Fan oh, fancy. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God bless you. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Uh, thank you so much for joining me in the trenches. And thank you so much for having me. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.